Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. How can 2023 not be bright, full of fun, full of charm, full of happiness? And you know why? Because I have Richard Kind, my cousin. He's going to join us. And the incredibly funny Susie Essman. She's popping in too. So start your new year the right way with some of the greatest stars in town. I'm Joan Hamburg wishing all of you a safe, Healthy, happy new year. Stay tuned. This is the best of the Joan Hamburg Show, the first lady of New York radio. Best of. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show, Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show, and you are all lucky because you are going to meet one of the stars of the hottest new TV show. It's the new CBS police drama called East New York, and everyone is talking about it. First of all, it was top secret. You would try to get members of the cast, people who were on the production side, they wouldn't talk about it. But word of mouth was big. And Richard, this is great. You always, Richard Kind is a fabulous actor. He does everything. He's a comedian. But as I was telling all you guys, he's very funny, but he's also one of the best actors that we have. And that's everything from TV to Broadway. Even You're nominated. only saying this because we're related. I know, but it's okay. It's true. Everyone <laughs> like in the my, family. You're like my mom. <laughs> it's, well, she, she was right. I mean, <laughs> you're all the best. My son keeps saying to me, we can't all be that good. You've yes. got to give us a break. I say, look, you're perfect. What are we going to do? Right. Every mother has the perfect son. It's so we true. all have to be that great. You are, but... I think the audience would love to know you you had a family business and you wanted to be an actor and I forgot you as long as I've really known you you've been performing but was this something you wanted early on I when in 5th or 6th grade I think it was 5th grade I played Fagin in Oliver in the class play it was a nothing play right. and somehow I really liked acting. I don't know whether it was ego. I don't know whether or not I liked being another person. I don't know what it was, but I really, really liked it. And I remember singing the song, In This Life, One Thing Counts, the song from Oliver, and yeah. being absolutely alone on stage and walking back and forth and just 
having the audience in the palm of my hand, and they were all listening to me, that if you want to know, I can name the point when I started to want to be an actor. Now, as you well know, most kids, most Jewish kids from the suburbs are raised to not be an actor or go into athletics or be a rock star. They're born to take over the family business. I had no intention of being an actor. I had a dream, but no real intention. And then I was supposed to go to law school, and my dad's best friend, who lived uh, two houses away, we were. It was Sunday afternoon. We're watching football. There was a commercial, or maybe it was halftime. And he said, "You should. You've got to try acting for a year, because when you're 40, you will resent your life." You'll resent your wife. You'll resent your kids. Everybody who prevented you from doing what you dreamed of doing. And I'll admit, I had some talent. Uh, Not nearly the talent that I grew into, but I had some talent. I still loved it. I got work. I tried it for a year, and a year turns into two, into four. And now I'm this age. And all of a sudden, and, and I got to admit, I don't think I was, when I look back at it, I don't think I was very good. I think I had energy. I think that I have a certain charisma or a likability. You were funny. And then I just just became a better actor. You know, you do it enough, you got to become better. But do you think that you went to Northwestern, as I recall? Yes. And which is a great school for performing. But then you went off to Chicago. Yes. And I, that, I was I, I was a, a pre-law major uh, at uh, at Northwestern. I was supposed to go into law, which my dad said, if you want to come into the business, you got to go to law school, get a dual degree in law and business, because he felt that 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 he would have been a much better businessman if right. he had done that. He was a great salesman, but but he always worried about what a, a businessman he was. So he wanted me to do that, and I said I would do it. And so I was pre-law, and then my, my friend said, try acting, which really was the, the killer for my father, although my father supported me 110%. But when they say try acting, I mean, we all yeah. know we have actors in the family and not everyone as successful as you. But you, I, when I look back, it didn't seem to take that long. Mad about you, Curb, Spin City. Well, well, okay. You got four years in New York doing off, 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 off Broadway, doing nothing, things, going on tour with a children's theater with a decent play. Uh, but it was, I mean, it was for adults too. But it was Daniel Boone. So I cut my chops when I was finished those four years in New York. I went to Second City. I was That's... four and a half years there. So all of a sudden, I'm thirty, yeah, yeah. thirty-one years old. Mm-hmm. And I go to L.A. And I got work immediately in L.A. I, I booked a series. Then I booked Carolyn. I, I booked another series. Then I booked Mad About You. Then Wait, I booked- you had an agent by this time, right? Well, yes, I have an agent. You know, everybody thinks, oh, do you have an agent? You're okay. Yeah. And an agent just, an agent doesn't open doors. An agent shows you where the door is. Mm-hmm. Okay, you got it. Right. You got to go. Everybody, you know the uh, um, 
Like, you're quite a well-known figure in show business. People know Joan Hamburg. But your son got to where he is because he was good, because he worked hard, and he made his own opportunities. But you can't say, I, I, I can't believe that he's where he is today because of you. Would you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Of yeah. Course. And it's not an agent. It's not an agent who got it. It's, he got he it. worked hard, showed promise, wrote, got a chance to direct, lived up to his abilities, and is now one of the most successful men in Hollywood. Yeah. Right? Hard to, and, yeah, and it hard wasn't his believe. agent that did it. What? I said it's hard to believe, but you're absolutely right. I know. It wasn't his agent. It was he who worked really hard, and thank God his talent matched up to his ambition. But I always look at, uh, at Amadeus. Salieri tried and tried, had so many. Well, he had a modicum of success, but it was Mozart who was successful. Right. You know, Absolutely you can always say, right. oh, do you have a good agent? Do you have an agent? Agents don't do anything. They, agents show you where the door is. You got to open it. You got to stick your foot in there and say, I'm here. And you did, uh, and it worked. It, I mean, it does work. I, you know, talent will out, uh, but you got to have talent. I don't believe in, uh, uh, um, oh, what's the word? What's the word? When, when, uh, nepotism. I don't believe in nepotism. I don't believe in going to parties and meeting people. Uh, you, 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 I, what I believe is going and doing a play or making a short film or doing stuff on YouTube or TikTok or whatever if you're an actor, look, anybody could become famous on TikTok. Right. All you got to do is be prettier or have a gimmick. But if you really want to be an actor, you got to become good before you become rich and famous. If yeah. That's a really important thing. And if you become rich and famous before you're any good, you'll last maybe three or four years and you better save your money. Hmm. So your first big TV break. That was just you knowing there was an audition and going for it? My agent sent me up for it, and I went. And I proved to be okay. And it was a show called, you'll never believe it, but there's a very funny story. It's called Unsub. And you're going to say, what? Yeah, and I used what? to call it Unsub, what, Unsub. It's Unsub stood for Unknown Subject, U-N-S-U-B. This was, you must understand me, you know, all the procedurals you see now, SVU or, or, you know, Law and Order, all of those shows. Right. This was the first. This was the first procedural. It was around 1982, 1983. A guy named Stephen Cannell, who was, who did the A-Team and uh, shows like that, uh, he produced this show. It was very violent, and it was the first procedural. And uh, whenever I see Peter Roth, who just up until this year ran Warner Brothers, he used to run Steve Cannell's company. And whenever I see him, he always holds out his arms, and he goes, we were the first. And <laughs> it only are. lasted 10 episodes. Uh, back in 83, but that was, so you're thinking 40 years ago, that was the first one, the first procedural, wow. and then other shows came after. Wow, but then tell me about yeah. East New York, which is really, well, everyone's talking York, about now, it. Okay, now this is very funny. I have had a long 
and I, uh, I'm in the area code of distinguished career. Not uh-huh. exactly distinguished, but I'm in the area code. I've done some really great movies, and, and I've been lucky to do really good TV shows. This is, I'm hope praying, so far for me it is, a crown jewel. It is a wonderful, wonderful police drama for our times. It is not a procedural. It's a drama. There's about eight major characters. It's like NYPD Blue for today. And I am playing a cop, and it's not funny. And I'm hoping that when people see the show or see coming attractions, see trailers, they don't think they're going to see it. They're going to think they're seeing a comedy because it's by no means a comedy. It's about a woman of color uh, who becomes the uh, captain of a precinct in the worst neighborhood in New York, which is East New York, which is in Brooklyn. And it's, uh, and everybody says, Oh, are you a good cop or a bad cop? There are no bad cops on this show. There are cops who have flaws, but they want their society. They want their community. They want to uphold the law and their policemen. And if you ask me a great great, great percentage of policemen want to do just that in the world. But unfortunately, they're not as interesting in the newspaper. What's interesting is the bad cop. That's an interesting thing. Unfortunately, in our show, the cops try and do good. It's the criminals who are bad, and we concentrate on them. So, Richard, I'm talking to Richard Kind, and we're talking about the new CBS drama. In this, you're playing Stan Yanko, who yes. is a, a police captain. Did you have to hang out with the cops to get what's behind it? or I got to say, I, well, first of all, you don't have to do anything like right. that. You can use your imagination. I have not yet hung out with some cops. The woman who plays the lead happens to have a boyfriend in New Orleans who indeed is a policeman. And the other cops, because she was working, uh, she did a couple of movies uh, in New Orleans, which is where she met him. And so she did ingratiate herself into that community and learned a lot about it. So she's lucky. But when I say uh, uh, advisors, that is that's to minimize that her policeman. Uh, well, one's a woman, uh, one's a former captain. Uh, of, uh, uh, of of New York police, and uh, I've talked to them quite a bit. I find out the hierarchy. I find out what the jobs are, and I've I've spent hours talking to them, asking them questions about what is uh, uh, what what's it like to be a cop. What, what what do you do? I hope sometime you know after we finish. After, we, after the show gets off the ground, maybe I'll ingratiate myself into the community and try and get to ride some night with, uh, with some of the cops. It's not what I do on the show. That's what others do. Uh-huh. But my history uh, on the show is that's indeed what I did. But you know, here's an interesting thing. Whenever you ask uh, a cop what is the most realistic cop show on, on, ever on TV, you know what they say? What? Take a guess. I can't imagine because we have a lot of good cop shows. Barney Miller. No. 
I never, yep. ever would have guessed that. Of course not, because that's the comment. But they say, if you want to know what sort of the life of a policeman is. Go to Barney uh, Miller. Barney Miller. You, you sit around, you, you joke, and then when things happen, things happen. We are, you know, it's not always uh, cut to the apartment building where somebody's uh, got somebody hostage or this, that. It, it's a lot of sitting around or sitting in cars or, or keeping the beat or, you know, monitoring your neighborhood uh, where nothing's happening because you're there and nothing's happening. But a, a police drama shows the bookends of those quiet times. Wow, I'm talking to Richard Kind. And Richard is one of the stars of the new CBS drama called East New York. I know when you make a movie, they, you know, the part of the process is inviting the random audiences, screening it and trying to get the audience um, judgment. Do they do that? Like with a show like this? It doesn't get picked up unless you do that. So that's uh, part of it. They, they, they have test groups, and uh, uh, and it was tested, and CBS certainly liked the show. Then when it got good uh, uh, reaction from these test groups, then they pick it up. But you have so many shows that go through that process. Right, and don't We were very it. lucky. Now, from what I understand, we were voted the number one new show. Uh, but network show uh, uh, on the on the new schedule that, that's coming out. It, Joan, when I tell you, and I am very critical of a lot of the things I do, this is superior. It's superior acting, and I, I will tell you something. The, the one of the producers is also a director uh, with quite the great resume that goes back to the Botchko era and. Uh, uh, stuff like that. His name is Mike Robin. So a lot of times I get asked what I like to direct. After seeing the pilot, I can tell you I never want to direct because Mike was so brilliant in fashioning this show to a modern percussive, almost a rap beat that it just moves ahead so much. It's not what I saw at all. I see the 70s and let's say Blue Bloods, which is a very good show of its very type. good. But mm-hmm. this is this moves. It has it's just it's it's uh, it's quick cutting. It's of our day. And Joan, you and I were not raised in this type of of uh, of entertainment. It just moves differently. I and can't he's wait. Just he was brilliant. He was brilliant in the way that that he cut it. You know, so how when you, you know when you watch a, a music a, a music video, you know how how it it just moves forward. It's got three right. minutes to move forward and help sell the song. This is fifty minutes of moving forward and telling the story, and it just is always on the balls. That's just how it is. It's so I good. can't wait. But Richard, tell yeah, me, is good. it up and running or it's starting soon? It will premiere October second. Uh-huh. We have just finished our third episode here in town, uh, either our third or fourth episode. And, uh, you know, it takes a couple, of, especially this show, because it's edited, you know, within an instrument because it, it, it just moves. Uh, but it, it premieres October 2nd, 9 o'clock on, uh, on Sunday nights. 
Wow. So, I so what, wait. You, what you'll have is you'll have Sunday afternoon football leading oh into God. 60 minutes, leading into the equalizer, and then we come. So if the game goes longer, it could be 930. Well, it sounds that's really that's great. That's so when you get a show like this yeah. and it's you're taping it as as you go along, do you yeah. do other things too or you concentrate on this? Well, that's a very good question. That can be answered by my agent. Here's what happens is I I love doing all different types of things, as you well know. Yes. You see me do, you know, I've done I've done an opera at Lincoln Center. I do radio plays. I do live theater. I do musicals. I do dramas. I do, uh, you know, guest spots on different, all different types of shows. I happen to love that. However, when a series presents itself, I am beholden to their schedule. Whether or not I'm available on a certain day, let's say things change. Let's say you're supposed to shoot a scene outside and it's raining. You can't shoot it outside, so they take one of they switch days. I am always loyal to, to my show. job for which I have a contract for. But will I be doing other things? Absolutely. For instance, I'm doing something at the Triad Theater. I think it's I'm gonna tell you when it is. It is on the 19th of September, I'm doing a two-person show. You know Jackie Hoffman, don't you? Yeah, of course. Jackie Hoffman and I are doing a two-person show called Kip and Sylvia. Uh, and uh, it's just a tryout. A great, great, great writer wrote on Seinfeld, wrote on Cheers. A guy named Tom Leopold mm-hmm. wrote this thing. He wrote all the songs. And we're going to try it out on that Monday night at 7 o'clock and at 9 o'clock. You know, it's an hour and 10 minutes. Okay, it's a we'll large, have to it's, go. It's fun. Yeah, if you want to come see it, it's a very limited uh, ticket. Audience, but, yeah, yeah, you see that. And I do all sorts of things. I was on a show called The Other Two. I think I'm going to be doing an episode of that later, you know, early next if I can do Curb, I, I have no idea, but I love it. I know. Curb. We, we, loved, we loved you in Curb. Yeah, I love it. Now, I, it's all of whether Larry has written a part for me, but my producers love that show, and they told me, hey, if they wrote a part for you, we'll let you off for the two or three days, and I'll go do Curb. I just Great. love doing everything. I, know. I really and do. I, just, I like it. You know, it, it keeps – and if you do a TV show, it, I'm not going to say it becomes monotonous because it certainly isn't, especially this one, but it's the same character. And the same genre, and I know what my part is. So if I can do readings of something else, you're just, happy. You know, a week longer, I'll, I'll do it. Of course, it's such a it's such a fun thing to tackle other things. Well, it's uh, all you know, great. Yeah, I'm a very lucky. You know what? At my age, with my resume, which is mainly comic, to get this show, an hour mm. cop show, where I don't have to wait for a laugh or try and get a laugh on every third line. What a blessing. What a blessing of my career. I'm the luckiest guy in the world. Well, you're also one of the most talented guys in the world, and that certainly does help. By the way, before I let you go, how's your golf? Richard happens to be a great golfer. I used to be a great golfer. Then I had three children, (laughs) and children can ruin your golf game. (laughs) 
<laughs> because you got to spend time with them and not time on the golf course. I know the golf so, course is but, very demanding. But I, for for what I look like, I'm a very good golfer, and I just got new clubs, PXGs. I will, I will. This is like a plug for PXGs. They are as good as they say. PXGs really? are fantastic. Oh my God! Just even when you're if you're not that good a golfer, the sweet spot is just huge on their clubs and it's it's just great it's they're wonderful clubs and i am in there uh you know i'm i'm i hope to be playing until until, until you can't okay yeah, until i can right all That's right lots of love and how are you are you good i'm good everything's good and we'll talk soon and you before you do your show with a uh, jackie we'll give it a plug so let me know you got it all right. Okay. And remember, okay. October 2nd, October 2nd, East New York. Okay, we're Hotel ready. Thank you, Richard. Don't, Cousin I Richard love you. Kind. I love, I love you, you so much. Too. Thank you. We'll talk right. soon. I'm Joan Hamburg. Yeah. That's Richard Kind, a member of the family, but one of the great actors, comedians, and a TV show that everyone is talking about, East New York. Stay tuned. There's lots more ahead. You're listening to ABC. Best of. This is the best of the Joan Hamburg Show. Taking you behind the curtain, it's the Joan Hamburg Show. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. And I don't know about you, but I feel like we have to laugh. And even all this stuff streaming on TV, they're either getting murdered or they're depressed or whatever. We need funny, funny things. So I just needed a little touch with Susie Essman, who is in L.A. It's going to be the 11th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, the brilliant Larry David series, which makes us all so happy. And I'm sure Susie's the happiest of all. She's working, who would believe, 11 seasons later. Oh, and she who plays, who, right? The big mouth, Susie Green. So <laughs> do you have an apartment in L.A.? You know what? We rented a house for six months. Um, that was and it's, nice. It's actually been fine because Jimmy, my husband, is here with me and Popeye, our dog, and he plays golf and I work. What a life he has, huh? He plays I golf tell you, and I work. I know these guys, they hit pay dirt somewhere along the way. They really did. It's great. But you know what? He's very handy. So he can do He's very handy. Oh, oh, he pays his way. He's very, very handy. Has dinner ready for me when I come home from shooting oh, for you're 12, kidding. 14 hours. No, he's the best. Um, oh. And we're just, you know, it's beautiful weather and we're here, but I'm homesick, of course. You know me. I, I got to be in you New need, York. I, you know you what need I New York. Most, Joan? What I miss the most from this whole pandemic, I realized, besides the fact that I'm dying to shop and get a pedicure and like all those things, right. I, miss, Meet I friends. miss people watching in New York City. You know, I come back and forth between the east end of Long Island and the city. And the difference now, there are people back on the street, which there were not a couple of months yeah. ago. It was really scary. Now there's a lot of traffic. Stores, though, are closed, shut 
all those little restaurants that dotted every neighborhood street. I know. Shut. That's what's breaking my heart. That's what's breaking my heart. It's because everything we love. It was your neighborhood. You know, it was your neighborhood. And, and what people don't understand about New York City is people think, you know, it's Times Square. It's not. We all live in neighborhoods where we know the bartender and we know our dry cleaner and we know, you know, the guy in the liquor store, whatever. It's it's our, our small shop mom and pop merchants that I miss so much. And I'm worried about all those people. Well, you have good reason because the signs, which in the beginning were closed, you know, will open soon or whatever, those are gone. Now yeah. it's just done, closed. And the city, people who are on the street have their heads down and they're walking like they're in a rush. You know, the way we used to walk yeah, and yeah. look and at everything. And they're, they're in mass, which I'll tell you the truth. It's sort of, I can't breathe or even see wearing these things, but forget makeup, forget lipstick, forget anything. Oh, the lipstick you just, industry is suffering tremendously. I know, seriously. <laughs> because you put lipstick on, then you put the mask on, it gets smeared all over the place. I know. <laughs> and But who puts anything on? I am desperate. Beauty parlors, things that we took for granted. I would love us to do. Now all we do is talk about who's delivering food. I'm cooking. I, you can't even believe how much well, time I'm spending in the you know, kitchen. You know, speaking of a handy husband, my husband now does my hair color. No. Yes. Too bad you he live so far away. <laughs> well, he's a very good, he's a really good artist, you know, so he, he used to paint. So it's just like painting. It's just gray roots. You just paint the gray roots. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. Yeah, and he's he's cooking too. I'm talking, by the way, to Susie Essman, one of the stars of Curb Your Enthusiasm and innumerable other things. I first met Susie, I forget how long ago. She was doing a lot of stand-up and was a friend. We had a very good mutual friend. Wasn't that how we met each other? I forget I how long so. ago. I think so. Anyway. Who knows? So it's a New York story. It's a blur anyway. The whole, our whole, everyone's lives are a big blur. Now we talk about, did you get your vaccine? Even when we talked about traffic in the past, it was wonderful. No more. You know, here's the, up, here's the upsides of COVID, okay? I don't have to see anybody I don't want to see and make excuses. You have like a ready-made excuse in terms of socializing. People don't recognize me on the street because I'm wearing a mask and usually a hat and sunglasses. Uh, you don't have to shake people's hands. The handshake is over. As it over. Should it should be over. Touching people's sweaty palms. It's enough. Oh, gosh. I know. And you're. Oh, we're all finding out we have skills that we didn't have before. Like, I'm very hyper. But I swear to you. I could go for hours doing nothing. Sometimes I'll hold a book because I'm ashamed. <laughs> but I don't necessarily read it. What are you doing, Joni? You're just staring into space? I sort of just stare into space. <laughs> and then my daughter, if she, who's working her fanny off, will come well, and say, right, that new business is booming. And she'll say to me, what are you doing? And I say, I'm thinking. She said, you're thinking? I said, <laughs> yeah, I got to think so. I'll talk to you later. And that's what I'm doing. I don't even know what day of the week it is. I know, I know, I know. And we're What's lucky. It? Why? We're oh, well, lucky. we're lucky because we're working and we've got stuff. And we got, you know, you got a house. I mean, you know, it, it's just I've, space. Absolutely. 
I know. We have people in, come visit in the backyard, you know, like that. So, but But I think what's... by this summer, we'll all, all of us, especially all of us vaccinated people, by this summer, we'll be able to socialize again in small yeah, with, groups. With, right, with small groups within limits. So, but I'm curious. Now, of course, Curb is, is a series. It's fabulous. But you're not doing stand-up anymore. No. Or you don't have no. time. But when we talk and think about comedy... Like, what's funny now? I can't take any more Trump stuff. I'm really sick of it. No, no, no. We're done with him. Although I right? will say this. I've been sleeping so much better since the inauguration. Right. You feel your heart is at ease. I, I'm sleeping through the night. I don't feel so anxious. I don't feel... And part of it has to do with him, and part of it has to do with that I feel that as though this is getting under control and we're getting vaccinated. And it's still going to take a long time, but th there seems to be a light at the end of the tunnel in terms of anxiety. I, you know what? I hope so. From your mouth to God's ear, as we used to say all the yes. time. But I mean, I feel for comedians too, because... Yeah, you know, there's a whole generation, and this is another thing that upsets me when I think about it, the restaurants. And there's a whole generation of comedians that just missed, you know, a year and a half or a year, whatever it's going to be, of their stand-up life. And Nothing is more important for a comic than stage time. You just got to get up, especially mm. in the beginning. You just got to get up over and over and over again. And there's no place for these kids to do it. You know, I, a, I, I know people are doing underground and they're meeting on rooftops. And, but, you know, the Zoom doesn't really work for comedy for me. No, I don't think it really works for anyone. And I don't understand. Now, of course, they all have to be politically correct because if they aren't, it comes back and hits them in the face. Right, but, and there's Twitter and all this. It's like another reason yeah. I don't even want to do it anymore. It used to be, you know, you were in a comedy club and it was smoky. Everybody smoked and it was down yeah. and dirty and you could say whatever you want. It was private. And we're just all in this kind of situation together. You know, the audience, the performer. And now it's it just, it doesn't feel private anymore. No, it's it different, exposed. but... A show like Curb with a guy like Larry David, who's right there in your face. But still, how does a show like yours stay so relevant during very because complicated Larry does times? Not care. Larry does not care about offending anybody. He could care less. And he's an equal opportunity offender. You know, every ethnic Without group, question. every race, every religion. Um, and he and he does not care if somebody's offended. He doesn't care if he's politically uh, incorrect and somebody comes down on him about, he doesn't, he truly does not care, which gives him incredible freedom to just be funny. Do you care about insulting people or being taken the wrong way or you don't care either? Me personally or when I'm yeah. on the show? Well, when you're on the show, obviously. When I'm on the show, I don't care because then I'm playing a character. So I'm playing a character. If my character says something, it's my character saying it. It's not me. You know, right. so you have, I could hide behind that, which is kind of great. And then that's why I get to yell and scream and curse and be angry. And I, it's, it's my character. It's not me. <laughs> and people, why didn't you tell me that there was this thing you were doing where people would literally pay to have you shriek at them? Yeah, 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 yeah. They yeah. love you know, that. People, they love to be yelled at. What can I tell you? I, I'm just lucky that I've made a living at it all. Day. Look, I'm lucky that I make Larry David laugh so hard because that's how I've made a living all these years. And it's just not only is it a funny show, it's the most fun show to shoot. You know, we just have so much fun shooting this show. We laugh 
all day long. And it's completely improvised, as you know. So there's no stress. There's no memorizing lines and, you know, none of that. Right. I just feel like the luckiest girl in, in these United States having this job. So what happens, because it is free and it is ad lib, what happens if something doesn't work, like stand-up? You know, you can always come back the next night and fix it. But what well, happens when you're doing something like Curb? You say, you say cut, and then you do another take. Okay. So, and is Larry very much listening to everything? Yes. Yes. He is so on top of everything. Just the other day, we were shooting a scene, another dinner party at Susie Green's house. We have a lot of dinner parties. <laughs> and, and your cousin, Richard Kind, was in the scene. Isn't he your cousin? Uh-huh. How are you related to him? Richard it's it's actually this is going to bore everyone but he's my aunt adlin who married my uncle my mother's um, brother so it's like he okay, married marriage. into my family and yeah. then we immediately adopted each other and his father was in the jewelry business and believe oh, me really the last thing they wanted was their uh, big galoppy son to be a comedian and to and to do all the stuff he was in Chicago doing improv. The guy does not stop working. I know he works, he works constantly, all. and he's, I, he's so good. He's good at drama. Funny. He's good at comedy. He's terrific. I know. I'm so glad he's in the eleventh season, which he is, is great. Who, who else is in it? But but anyway, so we were doing a scene at the dinner party, and I said something to him, improvised, and then. You know, and then Larry will say to me, you know what, don't say that because that, that tips the, the joke or whatever that gives away, blah, blah. So then we do another take and I don't say it. It's like very simple. It's just very kind of, you know, easy. And you probably laugh a lot on the set too, no, which is a time. gift. We laugh nonstop. We laugh nonstop. I'm not yeah. allowed to tell you. We have a lot of great guest stars, which I'm not allowed to tell you. But okay. the regulars are all back. Uh, Vince Vaughn is back. Ted is back. Cheryl's back. JB. Jeff, of course. Um, unfortunately, Great. Richard Lewis is not back because he had, he had some back surgery, so he's not oh, able to terrible. come back. I is know. he okay? He's, he's, you know, I mean, <laughs> Joan, as I am talking to you now, I am lying with an ice pack on my shoulder. This is no. old age. Why? <laughs> I don't know. I woke up with something. I woke up. <laughs> you, you just wake up. It's like, oh, my God, I, I pulled my shoulder. It, it, this is old age. <laughs> Do you exercise, Susie? Yes, I exercise. And the more I exercise, the more I hurt myself. That's why I'm telling you, it's not so good for you. It's just making all the parts scream. I'm talking to Susie Essman, who's in L.A. for the 11th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, one of my all-time favorites. I can't wait for it to come back, but we have to wait for the fall. How do they work on the set? Do you have to wear a mask until it's yeah. time? It's a very protocol. We actually took five weeks off because things were very bad here in mid-January. So we yeah. just decided to just, you know, take a few weeks off. And we're a very old cast. You know, we're all high-risk people on our cast. It's every, there's, Everybody's in shields and masks, and there's hand-washing stations. And everybody mm. gets tested every day, and they all wear these, these kind of Fitbit-like things around their wrists, which if you get too close to somebody, it buzzes. You're you know, kidding. Kind That's of, a great kind of idea. Brothery, you know, um, and, uh -huh. and they also have that for contact tracing. If anybody tests positive, they could somehow contact. It's a little creepy, but it's necessary. I feel vulnerable because when we're doing scenes, we are, we, we're not in masks, obviously, when right. we're doing scenes. So everybody is masked except the actors. 
but they're incredibly careful and, you know, nonstop testing. And now that I just got the second shot, I'll feel a whole lot better, I think. I'll feel a little right, whole after, lot more relaxed after two weeks. about that. And even though you, you still do. have to be vigilant, I'll just, I'll just, peace, I'll have a little peace of mind. No, I know. And my son was saying that they get tested at least two or three times a week. Yeah, we get tested every when day. When they're shooting. Every yeah, day when you come in? Every day we get tested every day. Um, now, testing isn't preventative. So, you know, all it could do is, and a couple of, there have been uh, a couple of, positive tests and we have zones you know the a zone and b zone and who's allowed to oh be near God. each it's other and, unbelievable right but i do think it's one of the safest places you could be because the protocol is so strict and we're constantly tested but mm -hmm. it'd be great hopefully within i don't know a month six weeks everybody can get vaccinated it would be fantastic yeah. It's we need that, and it does make a difference. Uh, the whole the Israeli thing, where there's it's done so incredibly well by vaccinating almost everyone in yeah. that country, and they they just did a whole thing here where they couldn't believe they looked at the rates of vaccination and this terrible virus, and the vaccination is like a miracle. Yeah, you know, even yeah. in the beginning stages. So, how is life in LA for you beside working? I know you miss New York. But have it's you adjusted to gorgeous now. weather? Yes, we take long walks every day when I'm not working. Um, it, it's but we don't really see too many people. You know, we we Can't. it's just it's the same kind of thing. We socialize a little bit outside, which is nice that we could do that here. But it's just it's very quiet. And when I'm not working, uh, there's a sameness to the days that that's that's disconcerting. You know, it's just like oh, another day to fill. <laughs> I know. Foraging. It's all about foraging for food. Oh, God. I know. We're all obsessed. I cannot believe it that what we eat becomes the focal point of the day because that's our totally. activity. Yeah. But that's how you it's know, been like, for millions of years. That, well, Gotta I know, but we just, we just didn't know it. You know, we're not hitting yeah. wild animals over the head in the middle of Beverly Hills. But so. we have gone out a few times to, you know, eat out. Out, outdoors, which you can do uh -huh. here because it's, you know, in the 70s. And that's just been like, I just have to go out. <laughs> I just <laughs> have to sit in a restaurant. But the people watching here in Pacific Palisades is not as good in New York City. You just Wait, it's not as good as New York? No, no, you don't get the variety. You just don't get, New York is a visual feast of people watching. The crazies and the types and the big, small, fat, thin, every every ethnicity imaginable. Here is a lot of there's a lot of long-legged blondes. Yeah, with good faces. Well, with 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 put together faces. Yeah, plastic faces. Right. I know. You know New York though. You know how fabulous people would look if you walk on Madison or Fifth. Forget it. Jeans, sweats. Not good. I mean, everyone is schlumping around because no one's yeah. going anywhere. Right, right. They're going to open the movies soon. And I'm going to be very curious to see if people are willing to go inside. Wow, Broadway I miss. I miss Broadway tremendously. And that's another, I feel so, uh, you know, all these actors and they're just, it's just, you know, horrible. No, it's Just a horrible time. And when you look at the thousands of people unemployed, not only actors, but the people who make the costumes, who work on the shoes, the stagehands, it's the crew, a disaster. Everybody, yeah. 
There's a lot of ancillary. There's, you know, you talk about costumes. Then there's the dry cleaner. Then there's the caterer. Then there's so many ancillary people in all these businesses that are affected. Um, but, you know, I, I am a New Yorker, diehard New Yorker, as you know, and I totally believe we'll come back bigger and better and stronger than ever. I really do. It's just going to take some time. Yeah, we will. And we have to be patient and we have to be very supportive because definitely tough times ahead. However, when, when Broadway comes back, I want your entire audience to run out and buy tickets and support. Absolutely. We're going to make them do that and do all the things that have passed because there's no one to see it. And we need people to get their jobs back and kids to go back to school. That's why the right. vaccines are essential. Anyway, Susie, I'm so happy to hear from you. I hope things continue to go well. When do you think you'll be back? Uh, early May. Okay, so you've got a couple more months. Yeah, a couple well, we more had... months. And then, and then once we're back, we will come take a ride out to the Hamptons and visit. Okay, we look forward to it. Say hello right, to your so husband. Stay warm. And I'll talk to you soon. All okay, the best. Susie Esmer, ready to go into the 11th season of Curb Your Enthusiasm. We'll see that in the fall. Thank you for sharing, Susie. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC. The First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. I see that we're coming up to the 3 o'clock. So Richard Kine and Susie Essman have to go do their thing for a big new year ahead. And I wish all of you a safe, healthy, happy, better year, which we need not only for us, but for the whole world. It's really important. We've got to stay strong and get through what has been a very difficult year for many Americans. So here's to the future. And again, don't forget the Joan Hamburg Show every Sunday starting at 2 o'clock. So we'll drink a toast to the future and to a healthy, happy future for all of you. I'm Joan Hamburg.